Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for December 11th, 2022. It is the third Sunday of Advent. Join in our call to worship. We believe that creation is inextricably linked. We belong to one another in an undefinable way. We are bone of bone and flesh of flesh, life breathed into dust. We believe that God invites us to live into that truth, to love without abandon, to see the good in one another, to trust that all belong to God. We know that this life of connection is easier said than done, which is why we gather in this space, week after week, generation after generation, to be reminded, we see God in each other. This we believe. Amen. God of yesterday and God of tomorrow, from the very beginning you gave us the gift of relationships. From the very beginning you tucked us into communities. From the very beginning you wired us for connection. From generation to generation you have left your fingerprints all over creation. Help us to be like Elizabeth to see and celebrate glimmers of your good news in all walks of life. With hope we pray. Amen.
There is more hope somewhere. There is more hope somewhere. I'm gonna keep on till I find it. There is more hope John 1, 4, 7 through 12, 16b through 21. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and His love is perfected in us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this, those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also.
Let us pray. God of yesterday and God of tomorrow, from the very beginning you made our hearts capable of love. Thank you. This gift of relationship has led us to people who lead us to you, and we are better for it. So today we want to say thank you for our Elizabeths, for the people who have thrown open the doors for us, who revel in our joy, who point out your presence in our lives, and who are quick to affirm us and call us blessed. Those people come in many shapes and sizes. For some of us, the Elizabeths in our lives are family members, parents and grandparents who have cheered us on along the way. For others, teachers and coaches, neighbors and scout leaders, professors and counselors come to mind. And we can't forget the way our chosen family, friends and partners have been like Elizabeth for us. These people have reminded us what love looks like in a hurting world, which has pointed us back to you. So today, God, we ask for your help in opening our eyes even more. We want to see you in those who love us well and in those who don't. We want to see you in those whose coffee order we have memorized and in those we've never talked to. We want to see you not only in those who are family, who look like us or think like us, but in those who come from very different places and positions in life. From generation to generation, you have left your fingerprints all over creation. Help us to be like Elizabeth, to see and celebrate glimmers of your good news in all walks of life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Luke 1, 39-56 In those days Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. 
And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has, strown, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Mary is still singing. Can you hear it? Sometimes it's hard to hear the words through the hazy filter of sparkly, glittered Christmas images of friendly beasts and a clean, well-heated stable. In that view, Mary's robe is never patched or dirty. Her fingers are never work-stained or rough. In that view, Mary is a nice, middle-class girl from a nice suburban American family. Her worldview is pretty tame. Nothing revolutionary here. All is calm. All is bright. Actually, nothing could be further from the truth. Mary was a poverty-stricken, oppressed minority in an impoverished, occupied land. Herod the Great was king. In order to maintain the tenuous peace and to cement his own position in Caesar's retinue, Herod, Herod played both ends against the middle. He engaged in massive building projects that touted the power of Rome, and he taxed the people of Judea heavily in order to pay for them. He impoverished the very people he was supposed to be protecting, but still, during a famine, he would feed them. He rebuilt the temple in order to curry favor with Jewish officials, then outraged them by placing a golden eagle, the symbol of Rome's emperor, at the entrance. Herod was ruthless. Herod even had three of his own sons killed when he perceived them as a threat to his own power. He was universally loathed. Rome put up with him as long as he kept the peace, but they also ridiculed him, saying it was safer to be Herod's pig 
than to be Herod's son. No wonder he felt he needed a personal bodyguard consisting of 2,000 soldiers. No one, but no one, loved Herod. From tiny Bethlehem, Mary could look up and see the massive structure of Herodium, Herod's lavish palace, with seven stories, a bathhouse, courtyards, a Roman theater, banquet rooms, a large walkway, and extravagant living quarters for himself and guests. The mount and its ruins are still visible from Bethlehem today. Mary would have been keenly aware of Herod. Mary would have known of him, and she would have felt keenly the oppression, the powerlessness of her own people. So in this odd season under Herod's rule, when men like Zechariah are silenced, Elizabeth and Mary take up the song. And Mary's song, make no mistake, is revolutionary. It is an amazing poem. It tells us that God lifts up the poor, like Mary, and that God sends the rich, like Herod, empty away. Mary's song affirms that God is on the side of the poor and oppressed. Mary's song tells us that God dwells with us and in us, and that we can see God in each other. Mary's song is the cry of the poor against their oppressors. It is without a doubt political and incendiary. It is such a subversive song that it was banned from being sung or read in India under British rule. William Temple, the Archbishop of Canterbury, instructed missionaries in that poverty-stricken land never to read the words of Mary's song in public because it could incite riots in the streets. E. Stanley Jones, the famous Methodist preacher and scholar, called Mary's song the most revolutionary document in the history of the world. In the 1980s, it was banned in Guatemala. In addition, after the mothers of the Plaza de Mayo, those whose children all disappeared during the Dirty War of 1976 through 1983, placed the Magnificat's words on posters throughout the capital plaza, the military junta of Argentina outlawed any public display of Mary's song. And one modern writer, Walter Sheridan, has written that when you read the lyrics of this carol, you sniff the powder of dynamite. In case you didn't catch it, here it is again. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Mary is saying here that the rich are not those favored by God. The proud are not special. 
The powerful are the real nobodies. What is amazing about Mary's song is that she sees the world as God sees it. The lowly are lifted up. The hungry are filled with good things. The poor are God's favored ones. The powerful are deposed, scattered, brought low, sent away empty. The uncomfortable reality is that humankind still lives under the reign of Herod. Children are still slaughtered in war zones in order to maintain ruthless men's political power. Massive building projects and military installments proliferate, impoverishing the very people they pretend to protect. Powerful people make the rules and the poor suffer. The hungry are not fed, the stranger is not welcomed, the naked are not clothed. The sick and those in prison are ignored. That sanitized image of a pretty, clean, quiet Mary and the child sleeping in heavenly peace is nice for the moment. But it is irrelevant to anyone living in the real world of Herod. And that is all of us. So, in this season, let us shout the prophetic words of Mary in Yemen, in Nigeria, in the halls of the Capitol building. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. In the echo chambers of the Kremlin, in the Honduran presidential palace, and in Pyongyang, He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. In Saudi Arabia, in Australia, in the streets of Charlottesville, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Among women and men who have survived assault, harassment, and domestic violence, he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Among the poor, the refugees, those affected by gun violence, and the faithful ministers of the gospel who at great cost are speaking out against the false religions of nationalism and white supremacy. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. With Mary, we can see God in the lowly, the poor, the outcast. We can see God's image in those for whom the world has little use, and we can seek God's justice and God's peace for and with one another. With this courageous Mary, this radical Mary who will not be silenced, we shout the reality of the coming of the Christ who will turn the power structures of this world on their heads. With this unsentimental Mary, we declare in the present tense her prophetic word, the powerful have already been humbled, the vulnerable have already been lifted up, 
For God has pitched a tent among the people. God has made a home in us. From generation to generation, we see God in each other. So be it. Let us pray. God of the poor, God of Mary, God of Elizabeth, grant us eyes to see your coming. In Jesus' name, amen. My soul cries out with a joyful shout that the God of my heart is great. And my spirit sings of the wondrous things that you bring to the ones who wait. You fix your sight on your servant's plight, and my weakness you did not spurn. So from east to west shall my name be blessed, that the world be about to turn. Oh uh-huh.
Until the spear and rod can be crushed by God Who is turning the world around My heart shall sing of the day you bring Let the fires of your justice burn Wipe away all tears for the Receive the benediction. As you leave this place, may you go knowing that from generation to generation we have been claimed and loved. From generation to generation, God has been by our side. From generation to generation, we are not alone. The God of yesterday and the God of tomorrow knows you by name, loves you, and calls you forth, saying, Go be the person you are called to be. Love wildly, do justice, and come back soon. May it be so. Amen.